This is a Triple J podcast. G'day, this is The Shake Up on Hack. I'm Dave Marchese and it's time to unpack some of the news of the week. We've already done quite a bit this week on Hack, a lot of politics. So we're going to park that for a bit. All of the stuff we've been talking about, mental health policy, industrial relations reform, all that kind of stuff, because there's heaps happening in politics next week as well. This podcast is all about some of the other stuff that's got you talking over the past few days. It's going to be a bit of fun, hopefully. Here's a bit of what's coming up. Hack! Jacob Elordi has been accused of attacking an Australian radio producer. So what's this billionaire guy doing with the Stuart Olympics? What's the biggest difference between Australians and Kiwis? How long you got? On Triple J. Whether it's Jacob Elordi, Taylor Swift, celebrities and their right to privacy have been in the headlines this week. Also, do you think there should be an Olympics on steroids? Actually, a competitive sporting competition that allows doping. Because the idea's been raised and an Australian Olympian has said he's interested. Would you watch this? Or do you think it ruins the spirit of sport? I'm keen to hear what you think. Call in 1300-055-36. You can message in too, 0439-757-555. But before we go anywhere, let's get to know our shake-up crew. And i got to say, this one is a little late. M Gillespie. Oh, my God, panting in the microphone. But in the nick of time. I'll never do it to you again, David. The funny thing is, you love people being on time and once you were on the shake-up and someone came halfway through the show, they were that late. And well, I remember Em being like, yo, that'll never happen with me. I've been on the other end of your disappointment <laughs> and I think that's what's made me care. So, you know, it's live broadcasting, obviously it matters, time is important. Time is important. But I have seen the shame and I don't want to live with that. You know what? I'm going to excuse you being late, even though you're not really late. No one knows. Because, Saved by the bell, but yeah. thanks for outing me on the national she, broadcaster. <laughs> she was running in as that theme was playing. I'm going to excuse you because it's been a pretty intense week for you and <laughs> little promotion. A little promotion. And Gillespie, now the editor of The Daily Oz. The rumours are true. I've clawed my way to the top. Incredible. Well, congratulations. Thank Huge you so start much. to the year. We've got to get to know our next Shake Up guest, a funny Kiwi. The first time we've had a funny New Zealander on The Shake Up touring Australia right now. Guy Williams, welcome to The Shake Up. Can you not put the expectations on me to be funny? He's all right? so funny, everyone. <laughs> life, life is a function of expectations. And if we set the bar low and go, this guy is mildly amusing, and then if I achieve funny, that will be a miracle. Okay, he was on time. I can give him that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Em. I'm if kidding. If he's not funny, we can always blame Guy Montgomery, the other less funny guy. Oh. There's, two, there's two guys from New Zealand comedy. That's confusing, eh? That's so confusing. <laughs> it's kind of confusing, but also makes sense somehow. I don't know. Anyway, Guy, you've been touring Australia at the moment. You're in Perth at the moment. What's yeah. the plan? Like, comedy festival in Melbourne, what are you doing? This is going so bad. Do you guys know that Perth is 41 degrees today? <laughs> In New Zealand, 27 degrees is hot. This is, like, insane. Um, but, yeah, I'm travelling around. It's been cool to experience this place. You know how, like... Australia's really mean to their towns. Like, everyone rags on Adelaide. A lot of people take shots at Perth. 
these places are some of the most beautiful and wonderful cities I've been to. They are. And just because you compare them to, like, Sydney, which is, like, an absolute jewel. Like, Sydney is world class, right? It's an amazing city. Melbourne is an amazing city. But I think Perth and Adelaide deserve their dues. I'm not just <laughs> sucking up because I'm going there. Oh. I um, I love touring this beautiful country of yours. And, yeah, I'm guywilliams.co.nz if anyone wants to come along and support. I'm coming to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm coming to Brisbane. I'm going everywhere, mate. I love You're it. You're going everywhere. And you got your own website when I saw that. I was like, wow. Yeah. GuyWilliams.co.nz. It's a thing. This guy's nah. a real comedian. No, no, no. Don't mock me for that. It's just when you're on radio, it's the easiest thing to say. I can't say, like, the URL for every, you know, website that you need to go on for every different comedy festival. So I just say GuyWilliams.co.nz and that helps. Not only is he it's funny, not only is he very, very funny, oh he's got his God. own website. Hey, oh, there's so <laughs> there's so much to get into. Let's go. Pack. Apparently Taylor Swift is in her cease and desist era. Clearly Jacob didn't find it very amusing. On Triple J. Jacob Elordi, one of the biggest young names in Hollywood right now. An Australian actor taking the world by storm, whether it's Euphoria, Saltburn, Priscilla. But he was making headlines all over the world this week for a different reason. After a confrontation with a radio producer, you've probably seen so much about this. It's not the only thing, though, that's happened lately that's got people asking, what is a celebrity's right to privacy? Hack. Saltburn actor Jake Elordi has been accused of putting his hands on a reporter's throat in Sydney in a prank gone wrong. He then kind of gets up in my face. And the then, actual actor? Yeah, like he's uh, so close, you know, someone's standing over you and he's a lot taller than me. Understandably, some of the reactions have been like, what the hell, Jacob? I don't condone violence, but stalking a man with the intent of harvesting his bath water is disgusting. Taylor Swift lawyers are threatened the kid who was tracking her private jet. They made it clear that this was putting Taylor's safety and well-being at risk. Obviously, I think that everybody wants Taylor Swift to be safe and not stalked, but reporting where her plane is going is not stalking her. On Triple J. Yeah, whether the Jacob Elordi incident with the media outside a Sydney pub, Taylor Swift threatening legal action against a uni student who's been tracking her flights. How much privacy are celebrities entitled to? Like, do you feel bad for public figures who demand more privacy? Or do you think it just comes with the territory? I'm interested. Call in 1300-055-36. You can hit the text line too, 0439757555. Let's get into it with the shake-up crew. We've got editor at The Daily Oz, and Gillespie, and comedian Guy Williams. I'm going to give a little bit of a rundown on what the situation is here, because people are probably familiar with the details, but if you're not, what's been alleged by this KISS FM, Kyle and Jackie O producer, is that he approached Jacob Elordi outside a Sydney hotel, made a joke about the infamous bathwater scene in Saltburn. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. And there's audio of Jacob Elordi asking this producer to stop filming him. Then the recording stops and the producer alleges that Jacob Elordi asked him to delete the recording. He accused the actor of physically assaulting him. Police have put out a statement. They've said they are investigating after a man was allegedly assaulted. The man did not sustain any injuries. No charges have been laid. No statement from Jacob Elordi. Oh, Bit of a scandal. And um, what's your take on this? Because it's really divided opinion. Some people defending Jacob Elordi, his right to privacy, saying this is a media beat-up. Others are saying they're serious allegations that need to be investigated, need to be reported. Where do you stand? I feel like the narrative missing from all of these responses, and, you know, I love Jacob Elordi as much as the next person, but I feel a bit complicated about the fact that no one's really pointing out 
the threatening violence response here. I mean, I'm sure we can imagine how annoying this producer person may or may not have been. And obviously no one should have to deal with being filmed without their consent, stuff like that. So I totally understand how this escalated. But the idea that Jacob Elordi, a famously long man, has shoved someone allegedly up against the wall and threatened them physically because he didn't like the fact that he had been filmed, it's very icky and complicated. And I do think as much as the internet loves him, he's a fantastic Aussie talent, we do need to interrogate the violent response a little bit. Okay, and just to be clear, they are allegations. Um, these are accusations that have been made. We haven't heard from Jacob Elordi. Uh, just um, the response to it, has it surprised you at all, just how big it's become and the kind of reaction you've seen? Yeah, massively. I mean, it happened at the perfect moment, and I say perfect, it's imperfect, given how much media attention there has been around Jacob Elordi at the moment. But, you know, I've, I saw reports that his mum was being hounded out front of their family home for a comment. It's been blown way out of proportion. And at the end of the day, the producer who was involved in this situation, that could have been a really scary thing. You might go along to something thinking it'll be funny if there's pressure from work to, you know, get the recording, get the grab, get the footage. It was probably pretty scary for him pretty quickly to be in that situation. What about you, Guy? Generally, do you think celebrities have a right to be upset when they're hassled by media in public or they should just accept that this is going to happen with a career that's built on fandom and publicity? Look, I don't think there is a problem here. This story annoys me because I used to work in commercial radio and this is exactly what you want. You send your pesky little pesky little pr- producer out to the street to harass whatever celebrities in town. When I was um, uh, in radio, we harassed Eminem and Justin Timberlake. We send people to the hotel and whatnot. It's really bad behaviour. Um, it's obviously Jacob Elordi acted completely wrong. But to be honest, if there's no injuries and no charges, it's probably going to work out well for him too. You know, like obviously the radio station is loving the publicity. Um, Jacob Elordi probably gets a little bit of a boost because people are largely taking him si- his side because people hate um, radio stations and paparazzi being up in celebrities grills like this. It's just it's, it's, it's even making me annoyed knowing we're talking about this because we're giving it more. We're giving it flames. Moving on, moving on. No, I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the kind of response, the impact it could have on whether it's the radio station, on the celebrity who's at the centre of this. Do you think, Guy, that this kind of thing hurts or helps a celebrity's reputation? Everyone in this situation comes out better. It's great for the media. They get clickbait. It's great for Jacob Elordi. It puts his brain... I'd never even heard of him before this. You guys like he's a talented Australian. Is he talented? (laughs) They haven't got euphoria in New Zealand yet. (laughs) We definitely have euphoria. That's trash. Salt burns trash. This is all trash. I don't care care for the Evans brothers. I don't care for your crappy Australian celebrities. I don't care for Russell Crowe. And I'll say this right now. And the radio radio station is loving it too. Oh, we're taking Russell We'll have them. We'll have them. Thank you very much. This is this is fiery than I expected in the first ten minutes. I'm going to say that, (laughs) but you never know. You never know. You put a kiwi and an Aussie head to head. This is what happens. What is off limits? Like, where is the line? And because I mean, Jacob Elordi has made jokes about that specific scene uh, that was at the centre of all these allegations. This producer approached him in a public place. The Kind of the discussion around it online, there's a lot of hate for that specific radio station, that show maybe, people, you yeah. know, bringing up their uh, distaste for it, whatever. Um, do you think that it really matters 
who who it was and which producer it was. I think Guy hit a really important point there, which is the culture in... <laughs> yeah, yeah, give and take. <laughs> the culture in some of these commercial radio stations where that is the expectation. And I think it's probably a little harsh to maybe call this producer, I don't know him, but to completely blame him. If he wants a job in that industry, in that station, the expectation, I'm sure is quite high and if he didn't do it, there would have been no less than maybe 10 others who would have been willing to line up. So I think maybe questions there need to be asked about the culture in these workplaces. Got some messages coming through. Someone says, the other issue I have with this is that in Australia, it's perfectly legal to film people in public. Paramedics are not allowed to ask you to stop filming them until they're in their van. Why do celebrities get a different excuse? That's what someone's asked on the text line. I want to go to the Taylor Swift stuff because in that situation, basically her lawyers have threatened legal action against a uni student who runs this social media account tracking the flights of celebrities and rich people, uh, billionaires, you know, all kinds of people. And Taylor's team is saying that it's stalking and harassing. The student is saying, no, it's publicly available data. And these legal threats have been sent to him when Taylor's facing criticism over her flight's environmental impacts. Where do you stand on this one, Guy? Yeah, I think uh, I can see both sides of the issue. I'm a bit more balanced. I've calmed down a little bit. (laughs) I've taken a breath. Um, Yeah, I mean, leave Tay-Tay alone, you know? Like, I get it. Her environmental impact is horrific. The um, impact of her tour will be, like, astronomical. But like, there's you could you could publish that information without specifically saying where she's going. She's also a sensitive case as well because she's put up with so much harassment. It also changes the context a little bit if it's a woman. Maybe maybe that's silly to say, but like, especially feel bad for Taylor because she's been harassed and harangued her whole whole career. So in this situation, I think yeah, putting every detail of where her flights are is like crossing a line. I reckon. Someone on the text line says the Taylor Swift thing's really different to the Jacob Elordi thing. Taylor's a billionaire who's using a private jet that she admits more pollution than most people do in 30 years. That's someone on the text line. Another person says, isn't the Taylor Swift plane tracking thing set up to track how much uh, emissions she puts out on her private flight? Seems like a case of not wanting to be held accountable. Yeah, but if it's that case, then you don't publish where she is. You can still publish how much distance she's done. You could have a website, how far has Taylor flown? You know, you don't have to actually say specifically she's in Australia. You know, you don't have to tell people. I mean, I guess this student is saying the information is already out there like it's already public um and the student also said her team thinks they can control the world (laughs) and do you think bigger celebrities do throw their weight around to control situations that they don't like that it gets worse as they get bigger i mean the irony of this whole situation is that taylor swift claims to take the private jets for safety reasons because she might not feel safe on a commercial flight because of her popularity and recognizability because of the size and the volume of her travel and her tour team and everything that comes with that That being said, tracking the flight data, I don't necessarily think that that puts her at any kind of a safety risk unless there are fans out there that have access to, I don't know, significant weapons. If you know where she's flying from, you know where she's going anyway from the schedule of her tour and from the promotion of her music. I just don't know if that adds up. What is interesting is the uni student that is tracking this data, he's the same guy that created the Elon Jet um, Twitter, now X account, Mm. um, I think it was 2022. And Elon Musk came out and said that he was so committed to free speech, he would 
wouldn't shut the account down and then a couple of weeks later he did. Yeah, so, there's wow. a history here. Yeah, this there's... kid's had a rough goal, but I think if you're nerding out over tracking planes and you care about emissions, let him do it. He's got a lot to say, like not afraid. These legal threats definitely haven't silenced him. He's still out there yeah. making all sorts of um, allegations, statements. Sorry, guys. Are, are you guys familiar with the Barbara Streisand effect? Mm, yes. Where you, you, your, your frivolous legal case will like draw more attention to it. Like, I'd never even, I didn't know Taylor Swift, I never thought about her planes in my life. Like she is actually, <laughs> by bringing this lawsuit, is creating a more drama for herself by make, by publicising this um, publicity and uh, letting everyone know that she's flying by private jet. Someone on the text slide says, with the Taylor, this Taylor stuff, this comes with the territory of being famous. If she wasn't famous, she wouldn't have to worry about people tracking her private jet because she wouldn't have one, is someone's <laughs> message there. Just a quick other story that caught my head, uh, my attention in the headlines this week. Kind of the opposite. Not a celebrity trying to protect their privacy, but an influencer throwing themselves into the spotlight. A model in India faked her own death to raise awareness of cervical Oof. cancer. Full what? statement went on Ponam Pandey's page saying that she fought bravely, but sadly she died. Then later, she admitted to a million followers that the death had been a hoax to raise awareness of cervical cancer. Em, is that a step too far? This was rogue than rogue. It was not on my bingo card for 2024. Imagine being someone who cared about her and reading that statement from, you know, that read like it was posted by her family or her team that she had passed away. I am not saying that there wasn't a worthy cause there and maybe a stink needed to be kicked up for people to pay attention to this extraordinarily high death rate from cervical cancer. Could there have been a more creative and sensitive way to do that? I think so. I hope that this isn't the new social activism. Guy, is this bad for credibility, faking your own death? <laughs> yes, I'm a um, New Zealand crap liberty and I'm always desperate for attention. <laughs> I was going to ask all- if you'd had any situations like this, you know, being hassled in the street, that kind of thing. Every, all the time, all the time, but I enjoy it because I'm desperate for attention. I'm not like Taylor Swift. I like, I need it. And anyone who's on the come up, I think at least once in their life has gone, you know what, I need publicity for my upcoming Melbourne Comedy Festival show. I'm going to fake my own death. (laughs) Everyone's thought of this move and I know that she would have done it for attention and then she would have instantly regretted it, realised how bad it had gone and then chucked on the cervical cancer angle at the end to try and save a bit of credibility, I reckon. Unfortunately, we've got to move on, but rip in peace. If they put up a million dollars for the 50 freestyle world record, I'll juice to the gills and I'll break it within six months. On Triple J. Yeah, would you watch a juiced up Olympics? Not the actual Olympics, not affiliated with the Olympics, just want to make that clear. Because a global competition where competitors could openly use enhancements has been proposed by an Australian, has come up with this idea. And maybe you're saying, that's far-fetched, it's never going to happen. But now another Australian, Olympian James Magnuson, has expressed interest, as you just heard. So could this actually happen? Hack. Now there's legit venture capital funding for what investors are calling the enhanced games. It's like the Olympics, except for athletes who take performance-enhancing drugs. Organisers of an Olympic-style event say they'll pay retired Australian swimmer James Magnuson $1.5 million if he can break the 50 metres freestyle record. It's time to pay the athletes and reward excellence. We are very happy to put $1 million. If he breaks the 50 uh, freestyle world record, that million is for him. Yeah, I'm going to take it. On Triple J. Yeah, what do you think? Swimmer James Magnuson expressing interest in, interest in this. The enhanced games. Would you watch it? Or do you think it ruins the spirit of sport? 
Call in 1300-0555-36. Message in 0439-757-555. Already got messages coming through. Someone says, Juiced Up Olympics. Yes, please. That'd be awesome to see what's possible. Someone's message there. Let's ask the Shake Up crew. We've got journalist M. Gillespie and comedian Guy Williams. Guy, is this the craziest thing you've heard all week? I will say that this is a non-story as well because we already have the drug-enhanced Olympic Games. It's called the Olympic Games. They're already full of problems. No 100-metre time in my lifetime has been broken by someone who's not um, rumoured to or been banned for drugs except for Usain Bolt, who there's maybe a little bit of suspicion around him as well. But, like, it's crazy that people think the actual Olympics are drug-free and I would pay, I don't think this is a good novelty because drugs um, in, in sports are very dangerous. And my point would be, I would rather see an Olympics where the athletes live like monks, where they're like their whole lives are controlled so they can prove they're not doping. And then uh, I'd, I'd put this money into trying to create a clean Olympics because I think the actual Olympics are dodgy. Well, look, I think the Olympics would very much dispute what you're saying there. And a lot of people would. I mean, there is this argument, though, that's being thrown around for an enhanced games saying, you know, it is already happening, doping that is. The current <laughs> system in sport is a bit dishonest. Maybe we should just allow it. That's what the, the organisers of the game are saying. So they're saying similar thing to you, Guy. And what do you make of this co- uh, like concept of games on steroids? It is such a rogue idea and I can't help but think that who would benefit from this? Well, the spectators, the human interest angle of how far can you push a physical body in an athletic competition. But at what cost? What's going to happen to these athletes yeah. physically, mentally? Like, will there be addiction issues? It's just so ethically complicated. I will say to guys conspiracy that at least there seems to be a pretty rigorous process of samples, blood samples all throughout a, a professional athletes run to an Olympics, including in the qualifications and training at the Olympics. If you look at the case of the Aussie swimmer, Shana um, can't remember her last name, but she was Jack. Shana Jack. Thank you, David. <laughs> she disputes, obviously, that her B sample was positive and she was banned from the sport for years. Like people's dreams are made and broken on those blood samples. Mm. I do think for James Magnuson in particular, it's interesting because Australia treated him very poorly at the Olympics that he was touted to, you know, be the the golden boy, the wonder kid of the pool. He, the term at the time was that he choked. He just didn't win gold. And I think that's really got to mess a person up. You've spent four plus years getting ready for that one moment. You don't perform to the standard that your country thought you were. I can understand how he got to this place of sort of wanting another crack at it. Someone on the text line says, bring it on. They're really keen for it. Another person says, I think it's going to encourage people to take experimental drugs and harm themselves. Let's go to someone who's called in, Mal from Maitland's on the line. Mal, what do you reckon? Are you for or against this proposal? Mate, I'm totally for it. I reckon we should just let it rip and just see what happens, eh? Wow, <laughs> that's what a lot of people are saying. Like you know, we've got the we've got the medical technology now. We can we can do it safely. So let's just let's just see how far we can push human performance. The interesting <laughs> thing about this is that the organisers of these games, you know, they've got lots of dreams and hopes, and whether any of it will actually happen is debatable. But they're saying, oh, we'd like big pharmaceutical companies to be the sponsors, get them involved. James Magnuson put out this big statement, which I'll get into in a bit. But Mal, you're saying you think that Australians and people around the world would get around this and would. Feel feel comfortable watching it. 
Well, let's be honest. A lot of professional athletes are already taking performance-enhancing drugs anyway. So let's yeah. just let it happen under a monitored and structured program and let's see how far we can push things. All right, Mal. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate your thoughts. A lot of people saying similar things on the text line right now. James Magnuson's uh, written an editorial today, actually, which was really interesting because he's obviously been flooded with all of these uh, comments, requests for interviews. And he said, look, I made this tongue-in-cheek comment about, yeah, I'd be interested. But then he actually breaks it down about why he might want to compete in something like this. He said a lot of it's the money, being offered one and a half million dollars <laughs> if you can break the 50-metre yeah, freestyle yeah. record, which is probably not surprising. But also he says, if I can come back as a 32-year-old and swim as fast as I did when I was 20, yeah. then that will undoubtedly prove that I was a clean athlete and show Australian athletes are the cleanest in the world. And he says this will actually help sport because it will prove, you know, that doping does happen, the effects of doping, yeah. all that kind of thing. What do you make of that guy? Um, Australian athletes are the cleanest in the world because you guys only compete in sports that aren't real sports. Oh. You do swimming, AFL. Well, he's not looking for a redemption arc. Rugby league. I forgot how exhausting it is having someone from New Zealand on the show. <laughs> it just it drags and it drags. <laughs> it just it just kind of, I don't consider swimming to be a sport because half the world doesn't do it. But um, you guys love it. <laughs> so, and, and, swim- and Guy, your thoughts on pole vault? <laughs> pole vault. It's not a sport either, but Australia needs to get on track and field, a real sport or something like that. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things where um, I feel like uh, it's going to be dangerous for the athletes. If you let them dope up to the eyeballs, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well. Like it's gonna you know we we had doping in the nineties that was like really widespread and it led to a huge increase in um, you know depression and mental health issues. There's no way a drugged up Olympics ends or even more drugged than the Olympics potentially already is is going to end well for any. I do see James's point as being pretty attractive, the money, because the shelf life of an Olympic athlete is pretty small. You retire young and then unless you're in a sport with great sponsorship opportunities and those Mm. sorts of like if you can partner with brands after you finish the sport, it's really hard for athletes post that professional career to make any money. So I think there will be certainly plenty of former professionals who will be putting their hands up. Well, and just to be clear, not every Olympian and former Olympian is kind of keen for this. Anna Mears has said in the past she's appalled by the concept. It's a joke. She thinks it's unfair, unsafe. We've got Ben from Tweed Heads on the line. Ben, what do you reckon? I reckon this is the worst idea ever. <laughs> I think it's absolutely ridiculous that it's even been considered. Yeah. Telling people to take drugs for more money, like, that's crazy. <laughs> it seems like a weird episode of something like, really bizarre on TV. The whole point of the Olympics and competitive sport is to see how good you can be at your sport. So then to say to somebody, oh, you don't have to be that good, just juice as hard as you can and make your body superhuman so that you can do it. That's just ridiculous. The whole point is that you train since you're like four years old and you can't even walk and you can't even speak and you're on a surfboard and you can go <laughs> and surf and win. Guy doesn't like, think surfing's a real sport. <laughs> surfing is not a real sport. Oh, it's a hobby. Sorry, Ben. Sorry to interrupt with more fighting, but these two these two are going to have it. No, people agree with you, Ben, on the text line. I think that it, it is a silly idea and it will take something away that maybe it'll take the attention away from athletes doing the right thing. Appreciate you calling in, Ben. Someone on the text line says, take away the cheating aspect. Performance-enhancing drugs can have major 
major health implications. We could just see young people having heart attacks at the finish line, someone says. James Magnuson actually addressed this and he said, look, if I did do it, I want to be surrounded by the right doctors, the right medical support. I want to do it properly. I want to do it methodically, scientifically. Is it going to happen or is this just a beat up that's got radio shows, podcasts talking about it? Who knows? Hack. Australia or New Zealand, which is better? I think Kiwis are more friendlier. They think they invented the pavlova. On Triple J. Yeah, as if. I was finishing the show without this one. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a Kiwi on the shake-up. A list has been doing rounds this week, written by an Australian. A travel writer, Ben Groundwater, wrote this on the things that Australians should adopt from New Zealand. Kiwi humour, he writes. Really good. We should get more of that. An addiction to adventure. There's a whole list of things Ben thinks we should adopt here. Some serious stuff too. The list includes a treaty with Indigenous peoples. I want to know, what do you think New Zealand does better than us? Actually, I don't really want to know that. I want to know what you think we do better than them. Message in 0439757555. I'm sure Guy's going to tell us all sorts of things. You must be loving this list, Guy. Yeah, like, honestly, I just, the, the main thing I, I thank um, uh, the Lords for um, this week is just the weather in New Zealand. Like, I know I know Australia is famous for its awesome beach weather, but anything over 30 degrees for me is, like, not inhabitable. So I just think New Zealand's a more livable country just based on the fact that it doesn't get so hot. Can I just ask, though, like, one of the things on this list is cheese scrolls. Yeah, they suck. They, that's a lie. Well, what our, boss, was... our boss here at Hack was like, it's just toast. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Nah, nah, nah. It's more than that. It's no, a cheese. I'm not a, sure. A cheese roll is um, a uh, oh, sorry, piece of roll, not scroll. A piece of white <laughs> bread with uh, cheddar cheese inside it, and um, uh, a little bit of like garlic, um, crushed garlic powder, and then rolled up and baked in the oven. So right. yeah, basically just toast. Cheesy garlic bread. Oh, that's yeah. Sounds, that sounds quite good. But have you ever had a pineapple lump? Yuck. <laughs> and what do you think of the list? I have respect for this list. Despite the joking and jabs, mm. I think there's a really beautiful sensibility to the Kiwi sense of humour. I love me some Kiwi shows and films, anything Taika Waititi touches, Flight of the Concords, Our Flag Means Death. I mean, the list goes on. Um, but would we? do we hate the 40-degree days? Yes. Do we like the rest of the year when 85% of the time things are temperate? Also, yes. There's, <laughs> there's so many messages coming through that I can't read about things we do better than New Zealand. I just think I am at a risk of starting some conflict between the two countries if I read these out. Pillaging uh, the Earth's national na- uh, natural resources. Anyway, Guy, that's all we've got time Being for. Being surprised <laughs> when the country catches on fire with bushfires. I Wanna, <laughs> guy, Guy, you're a funny man and people can catch you at the Melbourne Comedy Fest all over Australia right now. That is all we've got time for on The Shake-Up. Thank you, Guy. You've made it an exceptional premiere. Really appreciate you coming on. Oh, I really appreciate you having me. (laughs) One thing I love about Australia is the ABC. It's an institution. Shout to Triple J. Oh, guy, what a way to redeem yourself. Yeah, you can say whatever you want as long as you say that at the end. (laughs) M. Gillespie from The Daily Oz, thank you very much as always. Thank you, Dave. Hack on Triple J. Yeah, big thanks again to comedian Guy Williams and M. Gillespie from The Daily Oz. That is all we've got time for on The Shake Up and for Hack for this week. Have a great couple of days, weekend, if you've got it off. I'll catch you next week. See ya. Hack.